The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome back to the show. This is Hoop Ball Grizz. Before we get into tonight's game, if you were on Twitter tonight, you saw the big announcement. If you were not, we would like to take a second right here in the beginning and welcome Isaac. Isaac is officially a member of Team Hoop Ball, and he and I will be uh, hosting the show moving forward. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. First off, I want to thank thank you for for welcoming me uh, to the Hoop Ball family, man. I'm been feeling it a little bit, been having fun, man. Enjoyed doing it, and happy to be on officially, man. So it should be fun. I'm, hopefully, man, we can get to expand this thing even more, man. And uh, again, have some fun with it. And I'm excited. Me too, man. L- looking forward to it. That's uh, you know, we we have only uh, only talked over Twitter and Skype. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to after all of the vaccinations and everything. Uh, Hopefully next season we can actually be at a game together or something, man. This is uh, ready to actually meet you for sure. So yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. With all the, all the craziness going on, man, at COVID and all that, man. Hopefully, hopefully we can get the thing in the rear view sooner rather than later, man. Because I'm ready to get back to normal, man. Get back down to the forum, man. Enjoy some some grizzly basketball, man. And again, man, it should be fun, man. Can't wait, can't wait to meet you in person. For sure. So let's move on to the game. Final score of the game, 111-107. The Grizzlies just did not have it in them tonight to uh, to bring this one home. They fought. There was a lot of, of back and forth. They didn't get their first lead until right at the end of the third quarter. Uh, you know, the Jazz just uh, just had too much for them. The, the three-point deficit is really what uh what came back to get the grizz you know isaac and i were talking about it uh, just before we started recording a 33 point difference uh the jazz made 16 the grizzlies made five and that, that's a that's a huge mountain to overcome and the grizzlies nearly done it man you know obviously donovan mitchell was out for the jazz so that's a uh that's a nod in in favor of the grizz but uh you know the jazz are now three and oh when he misses games this season. So, you know, it's not like there's a, uh, you know, obviously when, when you, you lose a guy like Mitchell, when he's not on the floor, you're missing something, but uh, they, they've got um, a veteran player in Joe Ingles that can just step in and contribute. And, you know, Mike Conley had a, a great game tonight. Jordan Clarkson yeah. was lighting it up. Uh, Bojan started off. I didn't think he was going to miss in the, uh, the first quarter he was lights out. So it, it was uh it was a good night for the Jazz. I'm sure that the uh, the Jazz fans and the Jazz organization in general is happy to come away with this victory. It, it's a, a hard-fought game for both teams. Yeah, you speak of Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he's really taken another step since he's went, been with the Jazz. It has to be your favorite for six men of the year right now. I mean, he's just playing fantastic basketball. He had another big game tonight. Uh, Grizzlies had a hard time dealing with him. But uh, I think one thing that you take out of tonight, you hate to waste a uh, a jaw game like this, man. Thirty-six points for Jaw, seven assists. Uh, just kind of took over in that second half and just looked like a superstar player. Uh, he, he tried to carry him there, missed two big free throws in the end. That crucial, man. If he had knocked both of those down, maybe we'd be talking about a different result. Maybe you could have saw overtime there, but uh, a tremendous second half for him. And one thing we've talked about all year is Jaw getting calls, and he see twelve or 15, 15 free throws for Jaw tonight. So finally, finally gave him some calls tonight. I think that's good to see and. You love to see when he's aggressive like this. I think you just wish he was aggressive like this every night from the get-go. It seems like at times he kind of picks his spots when, when the team is down. Sometimes in the second half, he'll take over. You just wish he could do that early in the game, and I mean, they might win a lot more of these games if he's aggressive like that in the first half. 
Yeah, it seems like the the switch is definitely there. And, you know, you can watch him and see him turn it off and on. But, you know, there's definitely times that I would rather, like you said, I'd I'd rather see him turn that on early and, you know, get a little momentum, get get a lead and, and a little confidence. And then, you know, then maybe kind of, save up, you know, store some energy for the end because you got to close the game. You know, that, that's the hardest part of it's closing it. Um, but, you know, it, it just – even with the, the 36 and 7 from him tonight, it just couldn't get there. The one thing – the big thing whenever I was looking through the box score that jumped out at me, uh, Desmond Bain was 3 for 10 from the field. Yeah. But but my biggest problem, I'm fine with him taking 10 shots, and I understand that, you, you know, he's not going to shoot, you know, 40, 50, 60% all of the time. But of those 10 shots, only one of them was a three. And I will still, like, I will die on this hill that he's, you know, arguably the, the best three-point shooter on this team. And he just isn't shooting threes. Yeah, that, that kind of stood out to me as well when I was looking through the box score before we came on here because I didn't even realize during the game that he had only shot one. I was like, it's 0 for 1 from three. I was like, that's not good, especially, I mean, you see a guy played 33 minutes. Um, and he's the best, like you said, best three-pointer shooter on his team and only shoot one three-pointer. You just got to scratch your head at that and wonder, I mean, what's going on there? Why is he not shooting the ball more? Um, and another thing tonight is they, they had Bain on the floor late, and you you just kind of wondering why Melton uh, wasn't in there. I mean, it's kind of what I was asking myself the entire fourth quarter. You saw Bain in there a lot, and Melton wasn't in there down the stretch, and I think that's a mistake. I, I don't know. You kind of look at – I mean, you got guys out. You had Winslow out tonight. You got uh, BC out tonight as well as Grayson, and – you got to look at this. And Melton still only gets 22 minutes. Bain gets 33. And I'm a big fan of Bain. But I think on this team, I think Melton is the best two-guard on this team. And I think he should be getting major minutes. And you see your wing rotation kind of depleted here tonight. He still only gets 22 minutes. That was just kind of surprising to me. Yeah. You know, and, and Melton struggled a little bit tonight. He was only two for six from the field. But outside of that, the 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 defense, man, defense, you know, yeah. he, he is just – if you get a switch – you know, if there's Conley and and Clarkson out there at the same time, and Dylan is guarding one of those guys, and you have Melton out there that you you know you got two capable defenders on both of those guys that are going to make it tough, and you know it's you know but Bain is still growing; he's a rookie. Get that, understand it, not not bashing him in any way because I'm a supporter of him as well. But, yeah, th- there was – heading into this game, I'm like, man, Melton should definitely get over 30 minutes. And then here we are, even with the, you know, with the depleted rotation, 22 minutes. And, and that's just – it's just not enough. Um, now, I'm not going to – I'm done making excuses for why this is happening. Jenkins and this coaching staff – you know they watch film and and they see what Bay are uh, what Melton is bringing to the table, and yet we still we're still having this conversation over halfway through the year of why is Melton not getting more minutes and that there's no excuse for it at this point there none, and I just I hope at the end of the day that it boils down to you know developmental season, but I still think that that is a trash excuse. Yeah, I mean, especially when you see a night where, again, I'm a big fan of Bain, but Bain wasn't shooting the ball as well. He's, I mean, three of 10 from the floor. He only took one three. And when you just kind of look at the defense aspect of it, if they're both struggling, you think you'd rather have the, the better defender out there, especially in a close game. And for some reason, man, Jenkins has just shown that that Belton is not going to be his guy. I, I don't know 
what it is, it's weird because he's the guy that they paid, and you think, okay, well, they paid him to keep him here. You think he would be higher in the pecking order, but for some reason, that's just not what we've seen, and I don't know what it is. I think tonight proved that it's just not going to be that. Uh, even when you have a depleted rotation, he's still playing 22 minutes, and I, I think one thing tonight is they think they only got was that 13 points off the bench, which is just not going to get it done. Um, it's, I know that the, the rotation is depleted, but you got to have to get th- more than 13 points off the bench if you're going to win it again. I mean, we look at all these things, and they still only lost this game by four points. So, I mean, that, that kind of shows you how well they played. And, and again, it was just a lot of job in the second half to just kind of put this team on his shoulders and, and kind of willed them back into this game and took a lead going to the third quarter. Man, I, I thought that they were going to be able to able to pull it out. Man, I predicted a three-game winning streak, but it was not to, not to be. But they got a game coming up on – Friday against the Timberwolves is a game that you think you should definitely win on the home floor. Yeah, yeah, you know that's I just it, I feel like that's a trap game though. You know they're they're going to be. I'm hoping that they're motivate motivated after this game. You know that they were right there. This game was a winnable game, and it just couldn't do it. But, but Minnesota can easily be a trap because while their record doesn't show it, they're not a uh, they're not as bad as their record shows. They've got some talent on that team, and um, you know uh, D'Angelo Russell's not playing right now, so he's he's taken out. But still, with Rubio and and Towns and and Anthony Edwards, he he is actually playing at a higher level than I expected him to this year, and you know good on him. But Beasley is back from his suspension. So, you know, it's not a bad team. They could easily lose this game if they go into it with the wrong mindset. So I hope that they go in ready and and willing rather than hesitant and, you know, not locked in because I would hate to see them. Games like this, moving forward, they have to win those games. And that this is one, not that it's a huge game for them, but you don't want to fall two games under 500, and you definitely don't want to lose to a team that is – I mean, it's pretty obvious that they're they're tanking at this point. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this on Monday night with the Rockets game. Uh, games like this, when you look down the schedule, there's not a lot of opportunities that you look and say, well, this is a game that they should win for sure. Uh, not a lot of opportunities like that left on the schedule. So when you have these type of games, again, if they're going to be this play, a playoff team, a, a play-in team, they got to win these games. Uh, they it took them a while to get it together on Monday in Houston, but they finally pulled away and won that game again on Friday. That's another one that I feel like they have to get if they're going to be in a position to be in the top 10 uh, at the end of this thing. And uh, because they can be right behind there, you got a, a tough four game East coast road trip. So you don't want to be on a losing streak going on that trip. Cause that's going to be a tough one. I mean, you just got to look at those four games. I, 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 you want to find a way to go two and two, but that's definitely nowhere near guarantee. I mean, you played four really good teams, on a road trip, starting with Philadelphia on Sunday. Uh, I think you got the Knicks. Uh, shoot, you got on that trip. I know the Knicks, Philly, uh, Knicks, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and who else? Is it Milwaukee? Uh, no, Milwaukee's the next week. So you got it's the next uh, week. Yeah, you go uh, Philly on Sunday, uh, Miami on Tuesday. Yeah, Miami. That's Miami, Atlanta, back to back the Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, the and then they end end at the Knicks and then come back home. You know, like the, this next stretch, this whole next month is a pretty pretty tough stretch for them because that's seven a, game you know, road trip. You, you got the, the the big road trip, and you know you're next. You got four. 
man, the every game for the rest of this month, except for the magic on the 30th of April, I'm saying this month, it's, it's still March, but in April, every game that they play is against a team that is contending for a playoff spot with the exception of the magic. And that's a, you know, it, it's, it's not an easy road. It's it's going to be very very tough on these guys. You you just gotta, man. They have guys that can knock down the three. I I cannot understand why they're struggling to shoot the three so much. You've got a playmaker in John ja Morant, and you have guys like Bain and and Brooks and and Kyle's been shooting the three better this year. You have guys that can knock it down, and yet every you know it seems like game in and game out we're we're talking about them not being able to knock down threes and and Brevin or Pete on the broadcast tonight talked about the Grizzlies are in the bottom three in the league in the, in three point differential and you know games like tonight are a, a big reason why yeah and, and you look at this roster like you said and that shouldn't be the case i mean you look at it, like you said i mean even Belton is shooting over 40% from 3 now you got Grayson Allen who's shooting 40% from 3 Kyle's been shooting threes better Dylan Brooks is, is a is a solid three point shooter uh, I mean, they have guys on this team that are capable of knocking down threes. And for some reason, I mean, they just on a night in, night out basis. I mean, they have games where they get hot and they, they make a lot of threes. But uh, on an average night, they just don't make threes. And I don't I don't understand that they should be better from the three point line with the, the talent that they have on this roster. That's that is a weird thing to me. I, I don't understand that either. But talk about the road trip. And we got the four game road trip and the, the East Coast road trip. Then you come back home for a couple. Then you go back on the road for seven. I mean, that road trip is brutal i mean you got two at denver uh at altitude mixed in there in, in that seven games it's it's gonna be tough man um hopefully we can get get everybody back healthy i, I don't think the grayson allen injury i figured he'd missed a few games i just know how the grizzlies kind of handle these things I, I think he'll be back by then justice winslow uh kind of surprising i thought there was probably a, a, a one-off or one game thing but now he's missed a couple of games hopefully that's not something serious hopefully we'll see him on friday night who knows um but they're gonna need all hands on deck for this road trip they're going to need that depth uh we've kind of talked all year about how deep this team is it's going to be tested in this seven game road trip because i mean they they're not going to get a break man in, in this thing so they got to be ready to go and and, and try to try to get to keep keep the legs because it's going to be going to be tough a lot of travel in there a lot of tough games i mean you got denver twice in there you got a back-to-back with portland um uh, i mean just just brutal the, the schedule makers didn't do grizzlies any favors in this second half of the season uh, but but it's a young team. Uh, he's a lot of young guys, so hopefully they can can find a way to, to to win some games, man. I think if you could find a way to go something like three and four, maybe on that trip, I think you'd have to take that. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. Got some tough games, you know. Nuggets, Clippers, Portland. Just you know, brutal, brutal stretch there. It's uh, you know, you, you're talking about the the depth. And the, the youth and, and Killian Tilly, he didn't, you know, he only played about 16 minutes tonight, but, you know, he, he impressed me with some of the stuff that he done. The, the, there was a hustle play. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, where he Love got it. after the ball and, and, you know, forced a uh, 24 second violation there. And I'm like, man, that, that's winning plays. You need to make plays like that to, to beat these teams. And he was out there going after it. And for a guy that's had, you know, a, an injury history, he uh he plays with no fear. He's not scared to get on the floor. And uh, I really, I, I know that I've said this before, but I think that 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 may be out of everything, like you know Bain and Tillman, everything that Kleiman has done up to this point, 
the undrafted signing of Killian Tilly may work out to be one of the best moves that he's made. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think Killian Tilly is going to be a, a keeper for this team. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys who just kind of sign him undrafted. They might hang around a couple of years, go back with the, with the hustle back and forth and, and end up watching out in two years. Like you see, usually I think Killian Tilly is actually going to end up being a player for this team. I'm not so sure about McDermott, but I do think uh, Tilly, because Tilly would have been drafted if it wasn't for the, in, the, the injuries that he's had. I think that's kind of what, what held him from being undrafted because, I mean, he was a really good player when he was healthy uh, at, at Gonzaga. So I, I think he's going to be a player, and I think he kind of saw the, some flashes from that tonight. And he's a guy that at his size can can knock down threes. Uh, and I think that's something that he'll continue to develop. And I think Tilly's going to be here for a while, and I think he's going to end up being in the rotation one day. So I, I think that's another great move by, by Keen Kleiman, as we call him, in, the, in this front office. I mean, they've hit. Home runs after home runs. I mean, you just look at the last two drafts. You get Jai and get make the trade and get Brandon Clark in the 20s, I think, was a steal. And you kind of saw the same thing, getting traded with Bain at the end of the first round and also getting Tillman in the second round. I mean, they've just done such a tremendous job in, in drafting. So I think that's one thing with this team we don't have to worry about uh, as far as them because I think they've proven that they, they know how to draft some players, man. And, that, and that's that's something that we haven't had in, here in the past. The over-regime idea, that was the exact – opposite of what we thought of them so it's good to have that now yeah it, it is it's uh i i guess best way to say it is good to have that you know like you're comfortable you're not worried about what they're gonna do as opposed to you know what we had prior to climbing of you complete, never know complete what different crazy, yeah complete different know, mentality just <laughs> man sitting on the edge of your seat like what kind of crazy you know what's going to happen here and so it's I want to I want to actually bounce back a little bit to the three-point shooting and, and I want to get your do you think that the offensive scheme has anything to do with the fact that they're not making threes at a higher rate Oh well, I mean I think when when you look at that I mean I don't it's tough because again I, I don't, I'm not sure why they're not not making threes but I mean, yeah, I think that probably does have have some effect on it. Um, I mean, if you're not knocking down shots, you just kind of kind of have to to look at something different. But I think they, for some reason, I mean, still, when when you got a guy like Bain, I mean, there's no way that he should play 33 minutes and only take one three. Like that's insane to me. Like I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I, again, I didn't notice it during the game, and I looked at the box score, and I was like, 30. He played 33 minutes and only took one three. He just got to get more shots up than that. Um, I mean, you got other guys. I mean. You got Kyle taking four, even though he's been better. I mean, even Ja is, is not a guy that's two threes. He got up four tonight. I mean, there's no reason why Bain should have talked five or six threes in 33 minutes tonight. I mean, even if he's struggling, I want him to shoot the basketball because, I mean, that's what he's out there for, even though he's proven that he can do other things, which I think is fantastic. But, I mean, where he he's going to butter his bread is, is knocking down three-pointers. And, again, one three tonight, I, I just don't get that. Uh, and they – I mean, you just look on the oldest box score. I mean, I mean, I mean everybody, like pretty much anybody that, that shot three shot more threes than Bain, and he's the best three point shooter on the team, which is weird. Uh, Brooks only shot shot three tonight, so uh, I mean, I yeah, I, I don't he know. Had, he had an efficient night too. That you know, he was forty seven percent, and that's you know, th- this is not a, a Bain bashing session by any. You know, no, he still not contributed. At all. You know, seven points, five rebounds, five assists, and a steal. 
I mean, so you know, like he he was he was effective in other ways. He didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but it's not again. It, it's not the three for ten that worries me. If he was three for ten with six or seven attempts from three, okay, I'm, I'm fine that. with that. Yeah. But, you know, three three for ten, and you only shot the ball from three one time. You know. I, I'm not going to give that much credit to Utah's defense and say, well, they were, you know, they were running him off of the line. You know, he just didn't take the, you know, and I can't say that he had that many opportunities. Like looking back, trying to remember the game, you know, out of those 10 shots, he didn't have opportunities every time to, to put up a three, but I would think with somebody with his talent and, you know, what he brings to the table, yeah, you gotta find a way to get him the shots. Yeah. You know, you, you would you would run plays in order for him to be shooting more threes. And so that that's uh you know, JV started off slow tonight. He was like he was 0 for five or 0 for six to start the game. He ends up with another double double, five assists from the big man there. You know, that, that there was you know, Kyle had a good line, 18, 11, and three blocks, Dylan 17 points, three steals on eight for 17 shooting. You know, there's not a lot of you, – you can't really look at this game and look at the box score and be like, man, they just absolutely stunk it up anywhere other than three-point shooting. That that was it. And and it wasn't, you know, five for 18, 27%. That's kind of it. You know, that they – I don't have the percentage here. I, I can pull it up. But, um, you know, on, on the year, they're just they, – they haven't been knocking them down. But – Sometimes in a loss, like, a, you know, I, I get on here and I'm like, man, you know, it just ticked off because there wasn't enough effort or they didn't make changes. And, and I, you know, I tweeted out during the game, there was one point when uh, they had Tilly and McDermott and like the, the Jazz went on a 9-0 run. They were just getting yeah. torched and Jenkins called a timeout. And I'm like, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and say that he probably doesn't make any lineup changes coming out of this timeout, and he did. He did, yeah. And it, it surprised me because in the past, you know, he, I've seen him call a timeout and not make those lineup changes. And so, you know, that, that's that's growth. That's a little win there, I guess. Yeah, uh, that, that same stretch. I was like, what are we doing, man? It, 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 when you got Tilly and McDermott on the floor, like I said, I, I love Tilly, but, I mean, you're in a high-level game. That's kind of not what you – not at the same time. I mean, you don't want to have – right now, you don't want to have both of those guys on the floor, but – you're right, man. You look at this box score. I mean, the Grizzlies out shoot them. Grizzlies hit 42 shots, 42 of 90 for 46.7 percent. Jazz 38 of 89 for 42 percent. Uh, only one one more free throw made for for the Jazz. Uh, really close there. Grizzlies 18 and 23. Jazz 19 and 25. Uh, rebounds tied. And if you had told me going to this game that the Grizzlies tied Utah in rebounds, Utah is one of the best rebounding teams in the league. I would have said the Grizzlies probably win this game. Uh, so they tied in rebounds. Both had 11 offensive. Grizzlies with more assists, uh, tied in steals. Uh, Utah with 15 turnovers. Grizzlies with 11. Uh, Grizzlies with uh, this, uh, for 42, uh, 60 points in the paint to Utah's 42. Uh, Grizzlies 14 fast break points. Utah 11. I mean, you just go down the line. I mean, Grizzlies played better than them if you just kind of look by the stats. Yeah, they, just, they did. That's what's tough. crazy, man. It, it's <laughs> so. like – <laughs> they they played well tonight, but just the you know that that a mountain, it, just a mountain of threes got to them, and that's the they're shooting. I, I pulled up the stats here. The Grizzlies are shooting under 35, 34.7 percent as a team 
from three this year. And so I, maybe it's personnel. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe it's the, the, the guys that we have, but I don't buy into that. And, and that's there, – there's so many moving parts whenever it comes to an NBA game. It's hard to say this is exactly what it is or what it's not. But I feel like there should be more design. You know, every team in the league is shooting the three. Like that's just analytics. Everything's pointing to it. When you go into a game with one of the league leaders and and three point makes, and you know the the Jazz are among the league leaders, you, you know that you have to yeah. make threes. Why would you not game plan that? And you know, I, I'm not in that locker room. I don't know what they're going over or anything like that, but it just seems like that seems like common sense to me. It, you know, I, th- this team is going to make a lot of threes. And even though the Grizzlies are really great at scoring in the paint, you know, for every three, you have to make two twos to make up for it. And it, it's just, it's tough, really, really tough to, uh, to do that. It, it really is. And I mean, I think teams have, kind of saw the Grizzlies struggle uh, at times to guard three-point lines. So I think teams even tee off a little bit even more than normal that they would against some other teams than the Grizzlies. I mean, teams really come in getting threes up. I mean, you just kind of see that uh, from from the onset in games. And again, like you said, you can score 70 points in the paint, but for every, like you said, three that another team makes, you have to make four points to try to make that up. So it, it's tough to overcome because um, you got to score a lot in, in the paint to make up for – for all those threes, and again, 33-point different tonight. I mean, and to lose a game by four, that's tough. You just think you make a couple more three-pointers and, and you win this game. So it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of tough tough to see in the past. I understand. We just didn't have the personnel uh, in, in years past to, to kind of shoot threes, and you kind of had to to play that, that grit and grind style, try to slow it down and, and win that way. But I don't feel like that's the case with this team. I feel like they're capable three-point shooters on this team. I just think they just got to find a way to get better looks and, and more threes up, and it's just – doesn't seem like they scheme for that. It's still they're still with the floater game. They like to score in the paint, and that's fine. But when you play against really good teams, I think that's one reason why they they're close in these games, but they can't pull them out is because these teams hit all these threes, and and, and it's just always a big differential there. And they have losing these close games. And I think if they could find ways to knock down threes, they could win some of these games because they're usually in them, um, and and they usually end up losing these games in the end by a few points. And you just look at the stat sheet, and that's obviously the reason why. Yeah. Yep, one hundred percent agree, man. I, I uh, you know, we're we're we still got a, a little ways to go in, in this season, obviously, and you make changes during the season. I don't know if this is something that they get fixed this year, or if we go into uh, next season looking at it. The one thing, you know, with Justice, Justice is not uh, over his career, not been a great three point shooter, and he's a guy that that I would think would be a part of the rotation moving forward in the future based off of, you know, what he's brought to the table so far on the, on the defensive end, you know, there there's pieces that they have that don't fit the three point shooting mold, but you, you have plenty of other guys that you can do and, and you've got the draft coming up and the off season. There's no telling what kind of moving parts you're going to see and, and who you're going to see come in or go out uh, to, to maybe make this improve. And, and, you know, we're not going to see any more moves this season, um, from now until the end of the season. So we just have to work with what we've got. But I, I'm not convinced that this team is this bad at three-point shooting, even though the numbers say that they are. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you got, again, two guys shooting north of 40%. I mean, there's just 
no reason to be this bad as a team. I know Ja's not a three-point shooter, but when you have a point guard like Ja, you would think that would even increase your look from three, and it, it just hasn't been the case so far this season. And again, I don't think that's I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of change uh, the rest of this season. But, I mean, you get a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. in, I mean, he's a guy that will definitely put it up, and I think he will add to that. And I think with him being in there, that will create a lot of better looks for, for guys. But, uh, again, I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to be back until the end of the season. So, it's and that whole thing, I mean, we talked about that on, on the last episode. It, it's still weird to me that they're just going to wait that long to bring him back. I just don't know how much of what they need to see, they're going to get an opportunity to see with, with such a small sample size. Yeah, that, that's, um, what, what's the, uh, I, I, I probably should know this, but I don't off the top of my head right now. What is justice? Like, what's his contract looking like? Do they control his contract for next season? Yeah, they have a team option, uh, for, okay. for next year. And I'm, I'm, I guarantee, I'm pretty sure they're going to pick that up. I mean, this has been, such a long process. I don't think they're going to give up on it that quick. I think they'll at least pick up his option to kind of see where this goes. Cause, cause even though he hasn't shot the ball, well, he's a better, a, a little bit better of a shooter than we've seen so far. I mean, he had one season, I think where he shot 36% from three. So, I mean, he's been a decent three point shooter. He's never going to be a guy that's just going to go out there and tee off from behind the line, but he's a, he's been a capable three point shooter in his time. I mean, he's been really all me using these side of the backboard shots and stuff. He's a little, little bit better than that. I, I still think he's working through and he's, even talked about it offensively. He said he's nowhere near where he wants to be. Defensively, he's been pretty good, and you you've got a lot of Grizzly fans already giving up on him. I, I think they're not giving him enough credit for what he does on the defensive end. They just look at these threes that he's taking and, and seem and, and seem to miss it. I, I wish kind of wish he just stopped taking them right now and just go to the basket because we we've seen him just get to get the basketball off the rim on the other side go coast to coast. I mean he he's not scared. He'll go one on three and he finishes these layups. He's really good at slashing and taking the ball to the basket. So I think he just needs to concentrate on that in defense and and work on his shooting and get, and get better in the offseason. Yeah, and, and you like I, I'm not gonna slander him by by any stretch. You know, there's a lot of rust there. There's stuff. So you know, the defense is something that's gonna be there. He's 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 yeah. been a good defender his entire career. That's gonna be there. The the shot making and you know all that stuff comes as you get the reps back in. And you, you know, you go such a long time, like a long stretch. Uh, even when he was healthy, he wasn't healthy for a long, you know, for a, a couple of years here. Yeah. He hasn't been healthy for a long period enough to really get into stride. So, you know, hopefully, like you say, what, what he's got going on now is something that, that is minor that doesn't linger for him. And then he's healthy going into next season because I, I'm not going to really dig into, you know, the, the offensive numbers that he's putting up. You know, I want to see production, but it's not going to be the end all be all for me because of the amount of rust. You know, if we get, you know, he plays out the rest of this season and say he gets into what are we, we're at like 46 games. So say he gets into 20 games the rest of this season, 2025 and we're 25 games into next season and he's still slinging stuff up off the side of the backboard. Then at that point, maybe you take a longer look at it and really, you know, maybe maybe it's okay to let him go but right now like let him get healthy and let's you know get get his legs back under him before you start just tearing this guy apart and, and i think that we we live in a world where everything is instant it's a gratification. So, yeah, that's what people want man, yeah. you know that that's what we expect yeah he he is a professional but you know 
he's playing against the best of the best, he could go out to uh, to the park and destroy oh, yeah. every single person out there, and it wouldn't even be close, make them look like fools. But when you're playing against the best of the best, it takes some time to get that stuff back under you. So that's you know that that's one thing. Whenever before I really started digging into the game and getting more involved in it, I was a box score watcher, man. And I'm like, this dude scored four points and he was one for, you know, 14 from the field. And I'm thinking that, you know, just based off of that, that he's trash. trash, Yeah. And, you know, I'm not watching the game. I'm just watching the box scores. And so, you know, when you really start watching the game and digging in it and watching what these guys are doing, you can see the value that justice is bringing to the team. And there, I saw a, um, a graphic last week sometime of when justice was on the floor since he, you know, since he's been back, the Grizzlies defense was like third in the league Yeah, with, with, with him with on the floor. Lineups, yeah. And so there's definitely more to this game than just points, rebounds, assist. And you, you know, you can see what he brings to the game. You can see his impact on the game if you're actually watching the game. And, we, you know, obviously work, live stuff happens. You can't watch every game. But uh, I, I, for one, am definitely not giving up on him at this point. And I hope, you know, you, you see it more than I do. Apparently, I've not seen many people giving up on him. But uh, I hope I don't see it because, I mean, I'm going to tell them about it. I'm not going to be shy about it at all. I'm like... That that's what all these people that are you know did scapegoat and Dylan and and all this like I'm not scared to fire back because it's like let a guy develop let him develop and you know let's see where we're at and I think for Dylan Brooks it's working out really well. Yeah, because I was one of the a big proponent of him uh, getting healthy and coming back and and talking about how much of a positive he's going to be for this team. So people have been when him struggling missing shots, people are getting kind of letting me have it. So he's trash or I told you this guy couldn't shoot or I told you he wasn't any good and I mean this guy's been off forever I mean I, and then even before then like you said he's had injuries in the past where he's missed a lot of time I mean getting up and down in an NBA game is completely different I don't care how much training you do off the court it's nothing like going up against the best athletes in the world out on the floor going up and down and I mean that and that takes a lot I mean even if you feel like you're in shape being in that type of shape is different uh, once once you get out there and the lights come on, it's completely different than running up and down in practice or, or, or on your own on the side or whatever. It's not the same thing. And I mean, again, for a guy that wasn't a great shooter anyway, to, to kind of be working through some things, you're going to see some things like that. Uh, but but again, the defense has been there, and I think he's even going to get better there. And I think I think he's going to be fine. And I think I think a lot of a lot of the issues that we've talked about. I think if Jared Jackson Jr. was playing and healthy, I think a lot of these things won't be as weren't, wouldn't be as as glaring as as they are now. I think he fixes a lot of things for this thing. I think even some of Jaws' struggles that we've seen this year, I think, are due to not having another guy out there that, that takes up that that kind of attention. I think you have Jared out there. I think that opens up the lane for Jaws. I think that opens up a lot of things because he's a guy at the power forward center, wherever you play him, position where you really have to honor him stepping out and shooting threes, and that pulls guys away from the basket, opens up mm-hmm. lanes. So, they, they I mean, they miss him tremendously. The length that he, he brings, I mean, they – they really do miss him this year. I think they're a completely different team with him, and I think he fixes a lot of these issues. That's why it's so tough to see him miss this much time, man. Going into the season, I had no idea we'd be sitting here in, in March not having him, and they're talking about not having him for most of April either. Just just tough to see. Um, I think it's just a year of development for him alongside Jaw that, that, that we've lost. And, again, I, I just I, – I don't know – 
I feel like he's healthy enough to play. I, 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 don't, I think they're just being very cautious. And, again, I, I don't, it's weird how they've handled this. I mean, I guess they have their reasons. But, again, I think he could be back before April. I think he could have been be back now, and I think he's healthy enough to play. Whether that's – I guess maybe they want a guy to be 150%. I, I don't know what, what yeah. their deal is, but uh, it, it's tough to see. Yeah, yep. And, and it's – you know, as much as I like Dylan Brooks – he is not a guy that is on the level of Jaron Jackson Jr. When, when you have Ja and Jaron on the floor, the Grizzlies have two guys that are more than capable of dropping 30 points, and the other teams have to respect that. You're, you, you may get 30 out of JV here and there. When he's hitting from the field, you, know, you may get that from him because he's going to be on the boards. He's going to be working. But Jaron and Ja do it a completely different way. Yeah. And JV is not a threat. JV is not going to be a 30 point a night guy. He, he just, it's not there. It's not in his bag, but Jaron and Ja have that. And that's a, that's a, a big, big hole. That's a huge hole that the, uh, that this roster is missing right now. And w- we may see this offense grow leaps and bounds when you get Jaron back just based off of what he can bring to the table. So that's, uh, you know, wh- whatever amount of games, 12, 15, whatever he gets in at the end of this season, um, I'm going to be excited to watch those to see how everything meshes and where we're going to be at rotation-wise, who's going to be in there, which pieces work great together and which don't. Oh, um, it, it's uh, – if nothing else, I'm going to be excited for that. I, I wish I, – I agree with you that I think that he's ready to go right now. I wish that we would see him before the end of April, but it's just – it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and I think even as much as we've talked about, Jared, I think it's even been understated, I think, possibly his effect on his team. I think we've gotten so enamored and, and them being competitive that we forgot how big of a, a part of this offense that he is and how different things would be if he was out there on the floor – because, um, I mean, this team has won a lot of games, and we've just kind of taken all, well, they're a pretty solid team, but, I mean, I think he just takes it to another level. If they're doing this without him, imagine what they'd be doing if he was on the floor. Yeah, you know, you look back to last year, what what he brought to the table. He was uh, 17 points a game, four rebounds, one and a half blocks, and a still a game basically you know that is and i don't i've got a three-point percentage here but you know he was just under 40 percent from three you you add rim protection you add another guy that can you know his handles are really good for a seven footer for a seven you know he, he can he can create his own shot he can shoot the three you know, the, the knock, some people get mad that he doesn't rebound. rebound. He's a seven-footer that doesn't rebound, but that doesn't I, – I don't care no, that about that. Me. You know, if, if he gets two rebounds a game and you've got a guy like JV that's vacuuming him up 12, 13, 14 a game, you're fine. You're or, fine, yeah. You know, if you get Kyle Anderson out there rebounding, grabbing six or seven, or Brandon Clark or Xavier Tillman, whoever it is, you don't just because he's seven foot, he doesn't have to rebound to be effective. No, and everything so, else he brings, let's say everything that else that he brings to the table to me negate that. I mean, you have capable rebounds. I mean, you have one of the best in the league in JV. So, I mean, that's not a problem. All the 
the other things that he the, the, the fact that he opens up the lane for Ja and stuff is I think a lot more important than his amount of rebounds. I think a lot of people harp on that. He's he's never going to be a big rebounder. I think I mean if he could get it up to you'd like to see him get it up to to maybe five six maybe even seven a game. But I mean that that's not a big issue for me. And I think that'll that'll come with time. But again, he brings so much more to the table than that. And you have other guys like you said that can can grab boards. So I'm not worried about that at all. If he could knock down threes, I'm. And do the other things that he does, and rim protect, and other things that other guys can't do. I'm fine with it. Yeah, you know, you're building the team. You know that even though he's a seven footer, he's not a great rebounder. You go out and you get a good rebounder. <laughs> That's it. That's what you do. You go out and you find a, a a guy that doesn't need to score, doesn't you know, like Jacob Hurdle or Jakob Hurdle. Yeah, you know, he's God, not going to score a whole every lot. Time. You know, like. <laughs> You, you go and you find a guy. You don't have to have an all-star center down there. You just need somebody that can protect the rim and get rebounds, man. And you, you draft, trade, sign, whatever you have to do, you can find a guy that, that is going to be a good rebounder. May, maybe not great, maybe not in the, you know, the caliber that JV is, but you know, I, I think that you can find, and, and they may already have that guy on the roster in Xavier Tillman. You know, Jonte uh, Porter, we've not seen him play. He was doing well for the hustle in the uh, the G League bubble. You know, that that's a guy that is still on this roster. I don't know that we will actually see him in any type of real NBA action. But, you know, th- they may – it's quite possible that they've got the, the piece on this roster that they can plug in there that's going to be fine rebounding next to Jaron. And we can just let that be one of Jaron's deficiencies. Yeah, and I, I think there's a scenario where we could look a couple of years down the line, and 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 Jackson Tillman is is your front court pairing. I think I'm, I'm a big believer in Xavier Tillman. I, I think I saw some things in him. I think his defense and his footwork for a rookie are extremely advanced. I, I don't think you usually see some of the things that you saw from him early in the season from a rookie. And I'm that's why it's kind of weird for me. I, I know the numbers. They're just you're not going to play 11 guys, and it's hard to to find a way to get him in here. But I just kind of hate that his development has kind of kind of been stunted by him being out of rotation because I think he he earned a spot um, in this rotation early in the season it's tough to kind of see him out of it because I think long term he could be your guy and I would just like to see him getting those minutes to continue developing so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens but I, I guess right now numbers wise I mean he get he got to play a bit that night tonight because of the injuries but uh, he's been out of rotation normally so hopefully Going into the next year, maybe some will be the roster will be a little bit different. He'll get to get some more minutes because I think he's a guy that they really need to continue to develop because I can see him being your starting five uh, one day. I think he's yeah, yeah. that type of thing, especially when you have a guy at, at, with Jared at power forward that can score the way he can. You don't need a guy that's going to put up big numbers. You just need a guy that's going to do some dirty work, get some rebounds, and he, he's so capable of that guy. He can even step out every now and then and knock down a three. So I think he would fit really nice next to Jared. I, I agree. That's uh, I, I've been pretty high on him since they they drafted him, and he's done nothing to uh, to drive me away from that at this point. And you know, development is going to be key for him. I, I think that the the six eight size, the way that they're going, positionless. You know, the the other night against the Rockets, we had Dylan Brooks playing the four. You know, like <laughs> it, it, it's the the size you don't have to be six ten, six eleven, seven foot to play the five anymore in this league. There are guys that, you know, that size is gonna help. It's gonna make a difference against uh Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. It's gonna make a difference against those guys. But 
you don't have to have that night in night out basis. If you've got a, uh, a decent backup center that, that is big that you can run out against some of the bigger, more physical bigs in the league, you'll be fine. And as Tillman puts on more muscle, you know, as his body, you know, he's probably not going to body's probably going to develop a, a ton more from here. Like he's going to put on muscle, but you know, he, he's not going to grow at this point in his life. So, you know, as he continues to develop, I think that he'll be fine. You know, he, he's already strong. He's already, a you know, an Oak down there. And so, you know, as he packs on the muscle and he gets used to the, the, you know, these big physical bigs in this league, I think that he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they find a way to uh, – I'm not optimistic, but I'm hoping they find a way to get a summer league in. I know the draft is late July now, so, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I'd love to see that to get these guys some some opportunity to get some some playing time out there, especially whoever they draft. I mean, I really missed that missed that last year, not having the summer league, because that's one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, I, I love to see these young guys get out there and get – get the opportunity to show when that would be very good for these, these young guys at the Grizzlies have for Bain, for, for Tillman to get out there and get some extra time, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. I would love to, uh, when they get that fired back up and running, I would love to make the trip out there. To, yeah. I've uh, always to wanted to go that, man. That, I think yeah. that would be incredible. Well, man, we, uh, we are knocking on the door of an hour here. We can go <laughs> go ahead and wrap it up. We will be back. The next game is at home forum against the Timberwolves. Uh, hoping fingers crossed that the Grizzlies come out ready to yeah. go in that one should be a victory. Nothing in this league is guaranteed, but uh, they're at home. They're going to be rested. Hopefully we'll get uh, grace and BC was out tonight for personal reasons. So, you know, it doesn't look like that is a, uh, you know, we don't know. We don't have any details on that, but doesn't look like that's an injury. So maybe, maybe he's back on Friday. Um, we'll see. We, we may have justice BC and Winslow or yeah. Justice is Winslow, Justice BC and Grayson all back on Friday. Uh, we'll get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter. We are at Hootball Grizz. I'm at DWill2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. And thanks again, Isaac, and welcome to the Hootball team. We're super glad to have you, man, and look forward Definitely. to uh, what, what the future holds. Definitely, man. Excited to be a part of it uh, again, man. I've enjoyed filling in, man. Glad to be aboard officially, man. And again, it's it's full speed ahead, man. We, we're gonna have some fun with it. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys. Until next time, go Grizz. This has been a hoop ball presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.